Hello, this is Megan Chapa, and my husband Joe is joining me this evening. Welcome, honey. Hi, thanks for having me back. Yes, this is the newly branded or rebranded travel agent interview, Now Travel Radio Podcast. Today we are going to be talking about two day tour, day trip itineraries for people visiting Oxford. I get questions about if I'm dropping my kid off at Oxford or we're doing a college tour, what would I possibly do for the day or is there more for us to do there other than visit their college and then split. There is a ton to do in Oxford and I even think that you should consider basing yourself out of Oxford for a couple of days if you want to come into this region of England. England, or I should say the UK, is humongous and you couldn't just say I'm going to do the UK and then do it justice by staying in the Cotswolds or just going to London or just going to Scotland. It's a very diverse collection of countries. And anyway, this is going to help you if you want to spend a couple of days in Oxford. We're going to start the itinerary uh, with some suggestions based on visiting um, a college around basing a uni- visiting a university. So my suggestion is take the morning or take the afternoon, you have to check with the college or university that you specifically want to visit to see what their hours are and visit that college. The admission is typically pretty cheap, like three to five pounds. And once you're inside the college, they're typically pretty quiet during those visiting hours because they try to make those visiting hours outside of lecture time or while students are in class so that there's a nice window for touring and taking pictures and all those sort of things. Um, we're specifically, we're going to talk about visiting one of the better known colleges um, and also my husband's new college, Modelin. Babe, we want to talk about that? Sure. Uh, first, let me back up just a little bit for your American listeners. Um, the UK system, at least the Oxford and Cambridge system, is different from the way universities work in the US. Mm-hmm. So in the US, we call them universities, but really what we usually mean is that there are different departments. There might be a school of uh, of natural science or a school of engineering or um, school of hospitality, things like that. Communications. Yeah, school of communications. <laughs> uh, and so um, in Oxford and also in Cambridge, uh, it's very different in that uh, my supervisor says it's not an institution. It's a, it's a series of institutions, interrelated institutions. And so Oxford is the university, but every student here is assigned to a college within that university. And for the undergraduates, that has actually a lot to do with social life because it's where you live, it's where you eat, it's where it's the team, you know, the um, intramural team that you'll compete on in athletics and all that kind of thing. Uh, for graduate students, it doesn't matter quite as much. Uh, but the point is there are colleges within the university and each has its own, um, its own sort of flavor and history and culture and stereotypes. And there's a little bit of jabbing here and there and it's all in good fun. Uh, but I am assigned to modeling college. Uh, when you apply, when one applies to Oxford, one has one choice. You can just select either this is the college I want, or I don't, I don't want to put down a choice at all. Please assign me. And so, right, yeah, uh, no the questions. needs of the institution. Yeah. Um, and so I went with Modlin for really uh, nerdy reasons because I learned that it didn't matter so much for graduate students. Um, and Modlin College is where C.S. Lewis was for um, decades before he finally ended up at Cambridge. And so I wanted to be at, at Modlin College, Oxford, and that's where I ended up. And I must say, I'm really happy to be there. Um, 
So you can tour any of the 43. There's 43 colleges uh, or halls. Some of them are called halls rather than colleges. And they're, and they're vastly different. Um, the old school ones, uh, in the literal sense, go back to the Middle Ages. And there are, uh, there's one college that was founded in 1990, another that was founded in the early 1980s. And so you can just think Sorry, about this. pause this. You're not just talking about modeling. You're talking about all the colleges That's now right. within all, Oxford. So, all for, so I'm saying if you're going to come to Oxford and visit a college, you can visit colleges that have very differing um, characteristics. Yes. Uh, from the very old to the very recent. And so what I'm going to tell you about specifically is the one I know the best, and that's modeling. But really, you could go to any of the 43. Most tourists who are from out of town are interested in seeing um, what are sometimes called the old colleges, and that's a collection of about a dozen or 15, depending on how you count. Um, and by any measure, Modelin is one of those as a mid-15th century college. So it was founded in, in the mid-15th century. So Oxford is, um, is a great town, a great place to visit, and the colleges are scattered all over the place. So if you're geographically uh, sort of constrained, then you might want to pick the college you visit based on what else you'd like to see. But once again, I'm going to talk about modeling college. So um, Before you go, that, go there, if you're in Oxford and you're like, I would like to see Oxford University, but I cannot figure out where it is, you are standing in it. It is all around you. The buildings all around you are both businesses, and some of the buildings will be used by the colleges for different reasons. And then there's individual college campus locations. So... Don't be upset if you can't find Oxford University. You are there once you're in the city. Right. There's no there's no gate onto the campus or something like that. It's it's all around you. Uh, okay. So visiting these colleges is a great idea. You, you really have to diligently check the websites for when they're open. Some colleges um, are open to the public all the time. Some have pretty restrictive opening times, something like two to four in the afternoon. And they also change whether it's break time or whether we're in term or um, even during the week, you know, Wednesday will have different times than Thursday. So just get on the, the respective college's website and take a look. If what you'd really like to do is bounce around and see a bunch of different colleges, there are a number of different tours um, that you could pay for day of or you could book in advance that go inside a handful of colleges so you can kind of get a broader um, swath. So those are, those are all options available to you. I'm sure you can find them on, on the Internet as you or see if fit. you don't want to take the time, ask your travel agent. They can get it through a tour program provider that's reputable and won't leave you high and dry when you show up for your tour time. Uh, right. And the tour providers have to have an arrangement with the colleges to bring in big groups. And so, um, so that's something that you can trust your travel professional with. Yeah. All right. On to Modeling College. Modeling College is on the southeastern corner of the city, and it's actually outside what's called the Long Wall, which is the old wall to the city of Oxford. So even though it's an old college from uh, the mid-1400s, it was built after the city of Oxford was relatively established, and so they built it outside the city wall. And what's great about that for Oxford or for, for Modlin is that they were able to buy up a bunch of land for fairly cheap because it was outside the city. It was just farmland. And so, uh, and I mean a ton of land. And over the centuries, they've sold off most of it, but there's still some really beautiful wide-open green spaces as part of the college that even as a just a, a, a tourist who wants to visit for the afternoon, if the college is open, um, then you're you're able to just uh, pay your I think it might be six pounds at Modlin, um, and you can pay your fee and then walk through those um, through those beautiful spaces. And then it's pretty quiet. Like if it's too busy downtown, get inside one of these college gates, pay your three to six dollars, and then it's going to be nice and peaceful and quiet. So yeah, really, this is my favorite thing about the college is that it's on the high street. So it, it's on the corner of the high street and Longwall Street. And High Street is, is where the majority of the bus traffic is. It's where the majority of the large group tours are. It's a it's a busy, loud place. There's taxis and bicycles, and it's everything you'd expect from a, 
um, the major street in a European city. Oxford's not that big a city at about 100,000 people, but it's a decent size. And so the, it's the it's all the rush and the vibrance of the city, and that's great um, in its own way. But as soon as you walk into the college, uh, you're surrounded by stone walls that um, are pretty tall, and so the character changes immediately. And you go from this hustle and bustle of the 21st century, really, you walk right into the 15th century, and it's um, it's pretty amazing. With running water and toilets. Well, all the amenities you would hope for, <laughs> right? Uh, but built into the to the old buildings. Um, so Maudlin, like most of the other um, colleges, uh, it, it started out with just one set of buildings and it's grown since then. Um, so now it's this sprawling uh, campus of three different quads. Um, but the, the highlights are the deer park. Um, there's a, a herd of deer that's managed and maintained by the college. And so, again, you walk off the high street, uh, into the college, you, you walk to what's uh, called Addison's Walk, which is a, tr- a dirt track that sort of goes around a triangle surrounded by two sides of the Cherwell River. So the, the Cherwell River um, cuts uh, in, two, uh, in two different places there. And this Addison's Walk surrounds the deer park uh, right in the middle of that river. Um, and there's this herd of deer right there in the middle of Oxford, which is, is pretty great. Um, and so they're fairly tame. Sometimes they'll come up the fence and greet you. Sometimes they won't. Uh, but now you've got this really beautiful walk around Addison's Walk. And then at the back corner, there's a second walk. So it kind of makes a figure eight. And that used to be just for the fellows of the college, the, the tutorial fellows. But now that's open to everyone also. So if the college is open, that's free for you to use. Uh, and it's just a, a magnificent, uh, beautiful place. Lots of picture-taking opportunities. Yeah, yeah. And in addition to the um, sort of just charm of walking through there, um, you can stop at the Porter's Lodge where you'll have to pay your fee to get in. And they have some um, uh, free brochures that you can use to find your way around and learn a little bit about the history. There are also some paid options. There's a, a pictorial history that you can pay for. And they also have free uh, maps for the kids, activity pages for the kids. So if you bring in your small children, they might have a more enjoyable time going through the activity page as they uh, meander through the through the college campus. And then it's pretty clearly marked what's uh, private, what's not for the tourists. Um, and those, that's typically because that's where people are living and working. It's the library. It's it's um, you know the Dormitory. study areas, the yeah. where people are, are um, being tutored and all of that. Uh, so it's a, it's a magnificent place. And I think uh, of the colleges that I've seen, Maudlin is the most beautiful, but I haven't seen them all yet. Um, but it, but it's really a stark transition to walk from the from the downtown city um, in American terms into the the 15th century sort of escape. Now, how old is the new building on campus? So within, yeah, within Modlin College, they they started in the mid 15th century. It was actually a hospital uh, that the college bought and turned into the college, and then. Uh, centuries later, they started on the new buildings. Um, and so what they call the new buildings are actually pretty sought after uh, rooms. So there's many uh, tutorial fellows live there. There's very few students that live in there because the rooms are nicer and newer. But by newer, we're talking modeling college uh, standards, which means 1730s. So the new building was finished in, in the late 1730s, uh, which was, you know, before America was a country. So that's pretty wild, too. And... You just, okay, so things to know about visiting the colleges. They are beautifully landscaped. Like, like we're going to talk about the botanical gardens, but landscaping to rival the botanical gardens on pristine, well-kept, restored old buildings, and then perfectly manicured lawns. There are some rules to be had of which you want to hold on to your children, Joe. Well, in classic, um, I would say British, um, by classic British politeness standards, 
there are very few thou shalt nots, and instead the signs are really positive, saying things like, keep to the paths, instead of stay off the grass. But what mm-hmm. they mean is, stay off the grass. Uh, and so, uh, with my kids, I do have to be a little careful. It's not the end of the world if someone steps in the grass. It's so inviting. But you just don't want to, because nobody does, and, uh, and it's just really nice grass. I will say, Modlin, this is my first springtime at Oxford, but Modlin College does open the grass in one of the three terms, in the spring term, which we just, uh, we're about to start tomorrow, actually. And so students will be allowed to go onto the grass. They're not allowed to play ball games. They're not allowed to participate in sport other than croquet, but they are allowed to sit on the grass and read or study or snooze or whatever. And that's pretty exciting. You better here. do that. I'm going to send you with a picnic blanket. Done. <laughs> okay. So, um, there's, so anyway, college tours, uh, be, you know, that's going to give you a half day at the most in Oxford if you want to do a single college. And then you're going to need some nourishment with us in the morning or the afternoon. But I do recommend doing tea somewhere. There are lots of places that will have a sign that says tea here, creme tea here, cream tea here, or high tea here, etc., etc. There are lots of nice places to get tea. If it says creme tea or cream tea, it means that you will get, for whatever the price is, both tea and scones. And they're going to serve it with clotted cream and jam. Clotted cream is something like a whipped cream, something between something between like the thickest cream you can imagine and whipped cream, though it's not sweet, and, and a jam. That's very lovely. I would recommend a place called Quad, and it's Q-U-O-D. Their, you know, kind of deluxe tea package is this really high-stacked, lovely, you know, multiple platters of tea sandwiches, pastries, nuts, little things like that. That's a really nice and I think really well-priced uh, option if you wanted something like 12 pounds, and that's not far from there. So I recommend sometime while you're here experiencing an English tea, and uh, you know whether you put the cream in before or after the tea steeps is up to you. There's some very opinionated people out there on that. Ask your server what they prefer. And then we want to also recommend a couple places that you should dine at close to where you will be. So because we're already at Modlin, we're going to talk about, well, I think before we do that, we should talk about the Botanical Gardens because you're right next to Modlin College. The Botanical Gardens are actually the oldest gardens in Oxford and they have really neat things that happen there and some children's guides that you can do. But basically there's going to be something blooming there all year round. There's something about the United Kingdom. Maybe it's where we're located in the United Kingdom because I'm sure Scotland is colder. Ireland is probably much colder. But we think it's somewhere between the Garden of Eden and Jumanji because, I mean, if you don't cut it back, it's going to take over. And the birds are always singing. Sometimes the sun comes out, but things are just always growing. And a place you can see that happening is the Botanical Gardens. Admission is something like six dollars, and or six pounds, excuse me. And they have they have different features they do around the year. Like when we first moved here, they had a, a display that was everything that you needed to grow gin or to make gin. And so there was a display of all the different things that you could use for that, different types of gins, and then their medicinal purposes. And the UK is all about gin. If you get a chance to take a distillery tour, that would be another great option. But the botanical gardens are wonderful. They're right near Modelin, and it's six pounds. Children under 16 are free. 
And if you have an ID to an Oxford University, you also get in complimentary. It's a short walk. There's a lot to see, and it goes right along the Cherwell River. And there's starting in April to about October, there's actually a pop-up cafe there, so you can sit and have coffee on the Cherwell while you see the people doing their, what is it called, sculling? Uh, that's one of the words for it. There's a lot of boat things that there's happen. There's a lot of boat things understand. that happen down there. Yeah, so it's there's a nice. It's very peaceful most of the time. Some of the times the ducks make a racket down there, and the people that are like doing bumper boats, trying to do like put the pole in the water and that's punting. Yeah. Oh, punting. Yes, punting. So you can do punting from this location. Also, I recommend hiring a college student or someone that knows what they're doing because some of these people really struggle out there, and when they've got kids in the boat, it really makes me nervous. The college students work for the place. It's not like you have to go find a college student and be like, hey, can you uh, go punting with us? They, they have staff there. They just happen to be college student. students. You must know how to do this. Yeah, no. I uh, recommend that you hire someone to go along with you that is actually affiliated with <laughs> Yeah, truth, truth be told, we haven't done it yet, but we have seen amateur punters, and it looks um, sporty. It's, sporty. It looks like... Trying to push this boat along the water while trying to learn how to skateboard for the first time at the same time. It's it's pretty comical it's to watch. It's pretty comical. So any and we've seen like the log jam where they get, you know, they're all doing perpendicular things. Oh my gosh. So anyway, all that to say you can rent that from there. It's very picturesque. It's very peaceful there. They do some really nice activities there. They often have like an arts festival. Or they'll have cultural dance, like local dance competitions where the, um, where the folk dancers come out and it's very colorful. There's usually flags and an accordion. That's really nice. Um, so we recommend that as an option for, you know, c- kind of completing your day as far as two activities to break up between meals. Um, and, and that would depend on when your college tour had to happen because the garden is open all day. And then from there... Uh, we're going to recommend visiting a place for a meal called Head of the River, and it is a pub. This has been recommended to me for six months by Richard Earls, who is the founder of Travel Research Online, which is a media company that supplies data to like media materials for travel agents and training for travel agents on destinations and types of travel all over the world. And when someone with that knowledge base makes a recommendation to you, you should really take it because it was a fantastic experience. And my husband has been back since without me because it was so good. That's right. (laughs) Well, partly because I don't know if you, the rest of the world, pays attention to this, but we here in Oxford have had five beautiful, sunny, warm days in a row. And that is the first time it's happened since we moved here. So one of the things I really like about Head of the River is their outdoor seating is is uh, is pretty great. It's right it's right on the Thames. It's beautiful, um, and I realize having these sunny days. I hadn't noticed this before, but since we have these sunny days, I think you know what? All I need is a laptop and a cup of coffee, and I can get a lot of work done. I would like to sit outside somewhere, and the outdoor seating is really not that plentiful. Partly because there Just are so rains. many days a year yeah. that you don't want to sit outside. Um, but I thought Head of the River had a really nice patio, beautiful view, mm-hmm. and it's right on a bend in the river. So you've got the bridge on one side, so that's some kind of nice architectural stuff. And then if you look the other direction, the river bends, so you can look down the river maybe a half a mile. Uh, and there there were a number of people um, in more competitive boating activities, crewing and sculling, things like that. And uh, and that was just really nice to, to sit and uh, and have our lunch. That brings me to the naming of the Head of the River. This was originally a boatyard. 
and it was converted to warehouses at one point. And then in 1977, the warehouse was converted into a pub and the wharf became the pub's courtyard garden. And then at some point there was, you know, they have all these racing with the competitive boats and there was a vote to name the pub. And the name the head of the river refers to a rowing boat, which is in front at the end of each day at the, of the four-day university summer eights bumping races. The finish line is just to the east of the pub, so a good place to watch. The name was decided by a competition in the Oxford Mail. Out of 2,700 entries, the head of the river was chosen, and it was named by a man named Lewis Fisher. And for all of that, he got a gallon of whiskey. And that's according to southoxford.org. Um, all that to say, you can sit outside. It's gorgeous. You can also stay there. It is um, kind of like a bed and breakfasty type pub. Yeah, it's a hotel. I mean, you can stay there. I don't think they serve whiskey by the gallon anymore, which is a little too bad. But, yeah. Uh, but yeah, they have, uh, they have some good drinks. You get a gallon of whiskey and a curly straw that's and a need. good view. That's all you need. Yeah, the other thing about this itinerary that we're giving you now is that in order to get from uh, where Modern College and the Botanical Gardens are, you kind of go right into the center of town, take a left, and then you pass by Christchurch College, which is the other Another meadow. Gorgeous. So yeah. Modlin is known for the Deer Park. And Christchurch is known for the meadow, and and Christchurch Meadow is another beautiful place. Rather than being split by the Cherwell River, it has um, the Thames on one side and Cherwell on the other, and so it's just another beautiful place to see. Uh, if you if you uh, wanted to do two colleges, you might do both Modlin and Christchurch, and then uh, grab some lunch and a beer at Head of the River. And I have to say that the food at the Head of the River is actually quite good. I think you go to a lot of these pubs, and it's just they put the standard fare on there, and they just make it because that's what they know you're expecting to get from a pub but this actually had some thought and it was very tasty i thought all of it was pretty good well yeah so i think if i get the terminology right i think it's a gastro pub in the sense that the menu was sophisticated it wasn't just traditional bar food mm-hmm. traditional pub food but also there was table service which uh, most of the pubs here the standard pub uh fare if you will is to go find your table self-seating your table has a number on it you go to the order at the bar and then you tell them the number of your table and they bring your food whereas at uh, head of the river, uh, even sitting outside, they had table service where the wait staff comes out to you and takes your order, and it's more like a sort of sit-down restaurant uh, vibe. Um, and I think the the menu prices reflected that, but it, it wasn't outrageous at all. It yeah, was I didn't actually think pretty it was crazy. Thought. Yeah. Anyway, all that to say, that's a great itinerary. Now, um, for a second itinerary, we want to talk about what to do center of town and kind of hovering around there. Uh, if you haven't guessed, you're going to be doing a lot of walking. And that's kind of the standard for being in a city. But with this old city and old cities in general, if you were to hire transportation, it might take you longer to get there than if you walked because of traffic, because the roads aren't straight, because the roads were built for carriages or horses, whatnot. So anyway, all I have to say, bring some comfortable walking shoes or if you hate your shoes, there's tons of shoe places in town. And despite our five days of sunshine, bring an umbrella because if yeah. if you if you come here and decide, well, we'll go out when it stops raining, then it's possible you never you go, don't out. go out. Yeah. So so bring some good uh, water resistant shoes, maybe, and an umbrella, and you'll have a much better time. Moving downtown, this day itinerary is going to take you to some museums. There are many museums to visit and libraries that you could visit too, but specifically, there are two museums that should be on your radar. Uh, one, if you're an art lover, you should visit the Ashmolean Museum. 
It is free, but they recommend a five pound donation per person. And when you get in there and you realize how much there is to see, you're going to know that it is worth your five pound donation. If you have children, there's an information desk where you can pick up different tracks where it will purposely take you on a path around the museum so you will get a sampling of everything that there is that's housed within the building. It's humongous. There's lots of floors. They don't all connect. You have to take an elevator to some of them. You have to take stairs to other portions. But if you get one of these tracks with your children, it'll take you all around the building from textiles to ancient Egypt to Greece, all, all around the world. That's a great one for kids. And each one, I think it's taken us about an hour to do some of them, half hour to do others. They often have paid exhibits there which you should get a ticket for ahead of time or else don't wait. Get get a time slot right when you get in the door or see if your travel agent can get that for you ahead of time because those things often sell out. The Ashmolean also does Ashmolean after dark activities, which are an expansion of the current theme. So there's an American cool modernism coming coming up, which is they currently have an exhibit on display which has Georgia O'Keeffe and some other famous American modernist painters. And then they're going to do this after dark type uh, activity coming up where it's going to be, you know, dress from a specific American era and come enjoy activities from that era featuring, you know, some of the arts on display. Uh, so anyway, that museum is a half day. It could be a whole day. It could be multiple days. You need to go on there and see what you're interested in and make a plan uh, because there's just so much to do there. And then, and just speaking of C.S. Lewis, because we were oh a while boy. back, yep. right down the street from the Ashmolean oh, is the yes. Eagle and Child, which is uh, the well-known pub at which we weren't the going to talk about it, but we have to talk about it. I just figure I wouldn't want to rob your <laughs> listeners of the opportunity if they get as far as the Ashmolean. I was going to give you a whole C.S. Lewis episode. We can still do that. Here are the highlights. The, the teaser for the future C.S. Lewis episode. The Eagle and Child is right around the corner. It's really just another pub. It, it doesn't look special. Um, there is a small sort of plaque hanging on the wall where the Inklings used to hang out at their table. Um, but if you're a big, you know, either Lewis or Tolkien fan or one of the other Inklings, that's not a bad place to go grab a bite to eat. It's not the best food. It's not the best priced food, but it's good. And it's a, it's a kind of a cool place. Um, you should know that because. it is largely uninsulated like part of it is the original building but it's a small portion of the restaurant you're going to go in the back to a couple extensions which are not well insulated so if it's a cooler day be prepared to wear your jacket inside yeah yeah but still but still worth it worth it yeah okay and the art in there though they have good art in there. yeah they do and some of it's for sale and they yeah. have some of the artists have prints that you can buy as postcards and uh, greeting cards and things and that's uh, that's kind of a cool thing too yeah some of the art i wanted to buy i noticed was you know bolted to the wall yeah probably not maybe for don't sale. buy that one don't buy that one yeah and they do have a secret door i think it just goes to their stock room but it does say it does to say Narnia, to Narnia. <laughs> as many of the pubs do yes they do well, for us, with a six-year-old and a two-year-old, the Ashmolean was really appropriate, has been really appropriate for the six-year-old. She likes the scavenger hunt things they have at the information desk, and, and that's kept her attention pretty well. For the two-year-old, we like to focus on the um, Natural, History, natural Museum. History Museum, which is, yeah. um, our son calls it the Dinosaur Museum, and it's everything you'd want in a Natural History Museum. It's, it's primarily a very large um, gallery. There's a couple of floors, but 
the sort of expansive space leaves room for big skeletons of big dinosaurs and sea creatures, and they've got a number of taxidermied animals, and um, it's something kids just love. I mean, not like a two, but uh, but our two-year-old really digs it, and that's free also. So if you're here just for a short period of time, it's one of the things you can do for an hour or so that doesn't cost you anything. You don't you don't pay a big fee and then feel like you have to spend all day there. You can just pop in for an hour. Um, let the kids run around and, and see the, you know, taxiderm bear and the dinosaur bones and the Japanese lobster that looks like a dinosaur and, uh, and then go on your way and see some other things. Yeah. So there, so, so Sundays at the Natural History Museum are family days and they have crafts that are appropriate to either a seasonal theme or maybe a temporary display that they have there. So if you go at about, I think, 1 or 2 o'clock is when they start these things, um, they're gonna be, they're gonna, there's going to be some art things that they can do there. Um, and then also for summer holidays and things like that, they'll have some nice planned um, activities that are typically free, but you do need to get a ticket for. So be mindful of that, that uh, you can, you can uh, sign up for those things ahead of time. Or go stop in in the morning and sign up for an afternoon slot if it's going to be warm. Uh, but then also they do after-hours things. And specifically, they do after-hours things at the museum next door called the Pitt Rivers Museum, uh, which they did a whole um, magic and, you know, myth mythology and that sort of uh, all from cultures around the world featuring some really creepy things I'm not even going to mention on air. But um, if you want to dive into some of those things, the, the Pitt Rivers Museum kind of has a history of peoples around the world uh, as seen in things like architecture, dolls, you know, their their talismans, their magical items, their clothing. Um, it's it's really interesting. They have shrunken heads. My daughter's really into the shrunken heads, so we go see them on occasion. Uh, Joey, who is two, thinks that they are really creepy. He doesn't want to go into that museum. But in order to get to the Pitt River Museum, you must go through the Natural History Museum. So go into the Natural History Museum, go straight to the back. There's the Pitt River Museum, and that is multiple floors. Again, they have scavenger hunts, which is fun for the kids, and it'll take you all over the museum to make sure that you get to explore the entire thing and see some of their most prized possessions. So that's about a half day right there, or a full day if you're really into that sort of thing. But we could talk about food just because it's always good to talk about food. Okay, hold on. While we talk about food, there is a cafe in the Natural History Museum. It is... It's going to get the job done. You're not going to have a lot of choices. But if you really need a coffee or you just want to give your kid a scone to like buy yourself some time, it's there. Agreed. Agreed. I, I would say in general, as an American living in England, I'm pretty impressed with the cafe game inside of other businesses. So if yeah. you go to a big department store... They're going to have a cafe, and it's going to be decent food where you can eat a real meal. And they have a restaurant, too. And it's smart. It's like Vegas, where they you know build these casinos to try to keep you locked in so you can't find your way out. That, it's like that model where, hey, if we put a cafe inside the store, then they never have to leave the store. And your receipt might have a free cake on it. Yeah, it's really great. I will say the cafe and the museum, not to that caliber. You're going to pull a cold sandwich out of the fridge, and, I mean, there'll be some baked goods that are more fresh. But if you want a good meal, I wouldn't recommend the cafe in the... Uh, but if you just need a juice box, yeah, 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 of course, you're going to pay two pounds, but right. it's going to be it's upstairs, there. so you know you got to work for it. But yeah, I All say right. that for people with strollers, you got to work. Uh, for it. Yeah, there's a lift. Yes, yeah. but if you wanted a real meal, 
Real we recommend walking down the street. It's probably a 10-minute walk, but it's nice because it takes you right into the heart of what I would consider to be old Oxford. I don't know if that's what it's called, but it's where the Bodleian Library is, which is still the main central library. But it's also a beautiful medieval building that you can walk um, around the the quad uh, for free, and then you can also pay for tours and things like that. But you're going to walk to that area, take a quick left um, on Hollywell Street, and then you're, you're going to have to find the Turf Tavern. It's not going to jump out at you. You are going to need to use your GPS. Uh, well, yeah, you, yeah you, should. you should research it in advance because it's not easy to see um, uh, immediately. But We'll post a little map. There's, I'll post a map. There's levels of tourism. Yeah. Right, so on the main streets, on High Street and on Broad Street, there are these uber-tourist places where you can go buy your Harry Potter memorabilia. So that's yeah. like level one tourism. And then if you go all the way to level three, there's stuff tourists <laughs> don't know about and don't what do. What happens at level two? Level two is Turf Tavern, where it's a okay. tourist attraction <laughs> in the sense that it's well-known and people come for it, but it's not going to jump out at you. You you have to want to find it. Okay, um, and sorry, it's, back to level three. Well, level three is just the stuff that tourists don't even know about. It's not it's not something tourists do. Um, so there's a number of pubs we've been to that um, that just aren't places you see tourists. On the radar, you, yeah. You see okay. locals. But anyway, so Turf Tavern's a great place because um, they, they sort of cater to tourists. It's going to be a fuller menu than just the straight pub food menu. There's some really good things on there. Um but it's also, uh, but it's also just a really nice place—a place you'll, you should want to go as a restaurant, um, as well as a place tourists would want to visit. So, um, it's on the top of our minds partly because I may have mentioned we've had five days of sun around here, and yes. we went there just two days ago with some friends yeah. and uh, and sat Twice outside. Twice in the last lovely. month. Yeah, it was great. Uh, but it's sandwiched between these two roads that are really hard to find. One of them is uh, is a little easier, I guess because there are signs for the Bath Inn, uh, which is adjacent. Um, on the other side, there's this... It, it has a street sign on it as if it's a street run by the government, but it's called St. Helen's Passage, and it's about four feet wide, and it's just a passage. I mean, it's not anything like a road. And if you have the bob, which we did one time, maybe two times, like, you might just kill somebody. Yeah, I mean, you can fit through, fast. but nobody can yeah. fit past you. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that's a, a great place, and it's it's everything you'd want in a British pub. Um, lots of outdoor seating, which is nice. Good beer. Uh, they have some good ciders on tap, uh, but also really good food menu. So we we recommend, and it's in a really good spot uh, where you can see some of the some they of the put old pomegranate buildings. seeds on their nachos. So watch out for that. But yes. other Americans, that's a little strange to us, but apparently they do it here, and it's popular. But one thing I saw them do yesterday, which I thought was so cool was they had the biggest patio umbrella I've ever seen. Where people, like, it took a... Was it 25 feet? Yeah, it might have been. It It was was the size of the entire patio. The entire patio. Like, people were ducking to get out of the way of this thing as they opened it up, but it started to spritz, so they just started cranking this thing open. And then there were heaters attached under there and all kinds of stuff, and everybody just kept eating like normal. Yeah, I don't, want to, I don't want to dwell on this, but that little spritz, that 20 minutes of rain, was the one set of 20 minutes of rain we've had in the last five days. No big deal. Okay, my husband loves this season, if you can't tell. <laughs> it's been a good five days. It's We're going to be sorry to see it go. Days. I know, it's going to rain. Um, so anyway, you can do a museum, half day or whole day, and then you need to go find Turf Tavern. That's going to make your day a lot better. And also, their fish and chips is fantastic. Their scampi is fantastic. Fantastic Scampi, FYI, is actually shrimp. If you didn't know that, I didn't know that. But now we know, and it's delicious there. And then if you order buffalo chicken off the menu, do not expect buffalo sauce. That's not what you're getting. You're getting something that is 
battered, and it reminds me of sweet and sour chicken. Sweet and sour chicken, yeah, like the dough that's it. around that. It was bon- um, boneless. Um, it was chicken fingers, really. Yeah, but it was. I mean, it was good. It just wasn't what I was expecting. Yeah. So, just an FYI, if that's what you order off the menu. Other than that, I mean, good food. Yeah. Yeah. Sliders. Big. Yeah, they were pretty Yeah, okay. sliders you could share. Um, but that's a great... Um, you could share the sliders platter. I wouldn't share one slider. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, you know, it's a tiny hamburger. Yeah. Why would you share that? Yeah. Okay. But that's a good place to go to burn off some of your calories. And then there is quite a lot of shopping to do in Oxford. So we recommend museum for a half day and then poking around doing some shopping. Again, lots of places to get your Harry Potter gear and lots of places to get your Oxford University gear fix. Specifically, some places to go are, well, for your Oxford University gear, you're going to want to go down Corn Market, kind of that area. They have shops on all, there's a couple of official shops on High Street, Mm -hmm. but then also Corn Market and Broad Street. All of those stores have. And there's some street vendors with some really good like kind of bargain price yeah, less things. Less expensive stuff, yeah. Yeah, and, and also it's pedestrian zone. So there's going to be large, wide streets where you can just walk. And uh, and that's a really nice place to go. But also, like, you know, you soil your shirt or otherwise, there's a gap. There's all kinds of things there. Uh, but then there's also some kind of more unique options, which would be something like the covered market. Anything you want to mention in the covered market? The covered market is just a cool place. It's what you would expect from something like a pop-up farmer's market on a Saturday, but yep. it's there all the time. All the time. And because it's covered, uh, it's it's sort of on the L shape between these two roads, um, High Street and Corn Market Street. And so because it's covered, it's a nice place to go in the rain, especially when it rains. You can kind of wander around mm-hmm. there. There's some decent restaurants in there to get a bite to eat, get a cup of coffee, ice cream, as yeah. well as some kind of niche kind of shops. Um, there's And you know, Ben's Cookies. Yeah, Ben's cookies are delightful. And You're going to overpay, but, I mean, it's worth it. And they're usually, like, still warm. Yes. Like the chocolate and that chocolate chip cookie. Oh, yes. It's still going to be deliciously warm. That's right. And mm-hmm. then if you really need your big sort of American-style mall shopping fixed, there's actually a fairly new place called uh, Westgate, Westgate um, which yep. is fairly close to the center of town. You could walk there if you wanted to. And it's a mall. I mean, that's that's what it is. Uh, but if you wanted some higher end designer London type brands, you're going to find them there. There's no Bowdoin, which I kind of wish there was a Bowdoin in there, uh, but there's, there's not. However, there are going to be some really nice stores in there. But FYI, though it is covered, it is also outdoors. So it's it's a strange feeling because you think I'm inside. I should be warm. You will not be. Yeah, it's sort of indoor-outdoor kind of confused. So there's good food also. There's a rooftop patio where there's some restaurants up there. And it's not... I have found, compared to other cities, it's difficult to find a rooftop kind of cool place with the view that you would want, mm-hmm. which seems weird because there's so many spires and domes and cool buildings. It's called the city of spires. Um, but yeah, but it just, it doesn't deliver. So at Westgate, there's some, it's nice to be on the roof, but you're still not getting the view that you want. The next place we need to try is called the Varsity Club. We can't recommend it because we haven't been uh, during, I, did I mention we've had five days of sun? During these five days of sun, it's been impossible to get um, a reservation on the roof because it's been so popular, but um but but that's right on High Street. So now you're on the roof right in the center of town on High Street, and we'd like to try that in the near future. Yes, and then there's also, if you I mean, those are going to be your classier restaurants up top. That's going to be appropriate for a dinner date. 
There are a couple, there's a pizza place up there that would be appropriate for children. But other than that, it's probably more, it's more date hard. night yeah, attire yeah. type place. But if you do have your children with you, there is a food court, uh, which is called Westgate Social or just social. And, uh, it's, you know, there you go. It's a food, it's a food court. It has, well, yeah, but it's an Oxford food court. So I bought the most expensive children's hamburgers I have ever bought in my life. Yeah. But our place. kids still talk about those hamburgers and milkshakes. Yeah. It was pricey. Just saying. Well, apparently it was worth it because they remember it. And also, if you order a milkshake, make sure it's an ice cream milkshake. Otherwise, you're getting a milk. Shaken milk. That's been shaken <laughs> with some syrup in it. Yes. Mm. So, uh, anywho, that's an FYI. <laughs> Which okay. does not bring all the boys to the yard. <laughs> I'm not editing that out. <laughs> so, anyway, that is two... Two full days in the city of Oxford that if you were coming to the city wondering what you should be doing here, those are things that would make it worth your time. They're not too expensive. Your travel agent can plan that out for you and um, that you can kind of get a feel for the city, a feel for British life, and um, I don't know, just really walk parts of the city and see a whole, uh, get a nice picture of what the city is. And, and really, I mean, I, I would recommend that those are just a place to start built. You know, use those as the anchor points for your itinerary. There's lots more to see and do. Mm-hmm. We're, we're still, I mean, we've been here almost a year and we're still learning about places. We had friends that took us to a, a pub just the other day. It's a little bit outside of town, but not too far. Don't and say it. I want to do a different episode on it. I won't say the name, okay. but we were we were really impressed by it. We had no idea it was there. It's right next to this medieval ruin. And, the, and who 12th knew? 12th century I mean, ruin. It's a mile from our house and we had no idea. Yeah. So it's a pretty cool place. It's a pretty cool place. Uh, all of this to say, uh, if you happen to find yourself in Turf Tavern, there's a really neat poster in the back of it, uh, and it is an Oxford pub crawl poster. You can find it on benmayart.com, also on Amazon. Ben May, there's some free advertising for you, but uh, it has all of the historic pubs in Oxford that you should visit, and I'm beginning to think we might have a little bit of a problem because we've been to most of them already. However, worth it. It's not like a do-it-all-in-one-night pub crawl because you would you die. Uh, it's, it's probably 40 pubs, but it was really cool to see that we had been to a, a good number of them. Yep, and we'll do some more episodes on, on these pubs because some of them are just in fantastic locations. Thank you for uh, listening in to Two Day Itineraries in Oxford. This is Megan and Joe Chapa with TravelRadioOnline.com. My apologies that the websites have been malfunctioning. I'm having some complications with some back-end code. Uh, but if you go to http colon slash slash travelradioonline.com, that'll get you there. And um, all of the other things will be ironing out soon. And um, at that point, we'll roll out some, some really exciting episodes coming up uh, featuring Las Vegas, New Orleans, places that you hope and dream to go to. And if you haven't thought about attending them, you really will want to. Um, Until next time, this is Megan Chapa and Joe Chapa saying saying good night. night.